from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release, presented by Verizon, coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny, off-brand, upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny, to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker, comedian, and the older I get, Mark, the more emojis I have to learn, and that can be confusing, and right now I'm inserting an emoji with a person with that little think- thinking face. <laughs> I appreciate that, Bill. I appreciate that. Uh, hey, everyone. I'm Mark Kendall. I'm an Atlanta comedian, and I hate it uh, when I'm texting and I text the wrong person by mistake. <laughs> and what I usually do is I quickly follow up being like, I'm so sorry and I'm embarrassed. But it would honestly be funnier if I stopped acknowledging it altogether and just acted as if I did it on purpose. You know, like, yes, uh, I meant to ask you, did I leave the refrigerator door open? <laughs> you know, you know. So anyway, if you haven't guessed already, uh, today is a deep dive episode where we'll be talking about texting. So we're going to go through some funny stories with texting involved, the history of texting, and crazy facts, and finally, some tips you can use to improve your own texting. You know, Mark. Speaking of texting the wrong people, I texted a friend the other day some time code notes when we were talking about the podcast. Yeah, and they happened to have COVID, and they thought I was sending them a Bible verse to help them get through <laughs> their COVID. <laughs> Even though it made no sense as a Bible verse, uh, I was, really I was like, funny. no. But you know, I then made up a Bible verse for them to help them That's get through. Super their funny. I I also kind of worry about if I text someone or email someone that I don't mean to and I don't catch it. So mm. I'm just kind of curious. But anyway, this for another time. Yeah, uh, sorry, let's yeah. start things off with some ridiculous news nibbles. So this is a collection of some quick headlines that relate to texting in some way. So we'll start things off with the headline from the Washington Post that says a study confirms that ending your text with a period is 
terrible. <laughs> so I've always kind of had feelings about this like punctuation yeah. and texting. So I was really interested when this research popped up. So researchers led by uh, Binghamton University's Celia Klin report that text messages ending with a period are perceived as being less sincere, probably because people sending them are heartless. Now, this 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 Washington <laughs> Post article is written with kind of like a biting sense of humor. Yeah. So, so that's what the article says. I don't think you're heartless if you use periods at the end of your uh, sentences. But maybe the, the article maybe, maybe <laughs> the, the article goes on to say that uh, to test whether the period had become a social cue within the context of uh, CMC. Uh, so CMC is computer mediated communication. I didn't know what that meant, but mm-hmm. the researchers presented. I knew this. Oh, okay. Well, so <laughs> you're you're a brilliant. You're a brilliant human being. <laughs> the researchers presented a small group with a series of exchanges framed as either text messages or handwritten notes. Hmm. And so the experimental messages featured an invitation followed by a brief reply. When that reply was followed by a period, subjects rated the response as less sincere than when no punctuation was used. Uh, the effect wasn't present in handwritten notes. And so according to Clint and her fellow researchers, that's an indication that the text message period has taken on a life of its own. It is no longer just the correct way to end a sentence. It's like an act of, <laughs> the Washington Post article says it's an act of psychological warfare against your friends, which is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Now, in follow-up research that has not yet been published, they saw signs that exclamation points, once a rather uncouth punctuation mark, uh, may make your messages seem more sincere than no punctuation at all. Wow. See, I love exclamation points, and I it's part of my personality. I've always overused them, I feel. How encouraging is it that not only are they better than periods, they might make you seem more sincere. Is that it, Mark? Because you use exclamation points a decent amount as well. I do. The reason I use them is because, you know, I think we all realize that texting is hard, especially with Mm. trying to use the proper tone. Bill, you and I, we're both comedians. We know a lot of comedians. Right. And so there's just like a wide range of types of conversations that you're having with someone. And you go back and forth between joking a lot. And so to me, an exclamation point to me just feels a little bit more positive. Yes. you know, so so it's mostly just to help communicate that I'm not upset or angry, you know, um, yeah. whereas I'll, I'll use periods with someone if they are using periods with me. But I found that I won't end with a period. So I might use a period earlier in the text message, but I won't necessarily end with a period because to me, it's not actually a question of sincerity. It's more so a question of tone. Sure. You know, like how I yeah. want to come off because so, so someone sends like a period. I'm wondering, like, okay, is this person upset? Do I need to follow yeah. up with them? Are they okay? You know, so I don't know. There's nothing like thanks, period. Right. That mm-hmm. to me seems very sarcastic. And it might <laughs> not be. It's, you know, it might yeah. be just someone put a period after it. But yeah, when, when you think about it, it just makes sentences seem a little curt. And mm-hmm. I feel like texting and sometimes email as well. Well, here's a quote from Clint who was the researcher that was a part of the study. They said, texting is 
lacking many of the social cues used in actual face-to-face conversations. So when speaking, people easily convey social and emotional information with eye gaze, facial expressions, tone of voice, pauses, and so on. People obviously can't use these mechanisms when they are texting. Thus, it makes sense that texters rely on what they have available to them, emoticons, deliberate misspellings that mimic speech sounds, and according to our data, punctuation. Fascinating. And we're going to continue to dive into more of this fascinating stuff. I know we all text. I'm, I'm looking forward to this, doing this episode. It's great. And Mark, here's another fun uh, story about texting. In Sweden, if you're a blood donor, they have a program now where you get a text message whenever that blood saves someone's life or helps someone, which is what a great idea. So nice. with blood donation rates in decline all over the developed world, Sweden's blood service started enlisting that new technology to help push back where donors are automatically sent text messages telling them when their blood has actually been used and people who donate initially receive a a thank you text and get a text when their blood makes it into someone else's veins. Uh, Carolyn Blom-Waberg, quote, says, we are constantly trying to develop ways to express donors' importance and that it's a great feeling to know you made such a big difference and maybe even saved someone else's life. And I agree. Like, what a wonderful thing. Now, I don't know about you, Mark. I mm-hmm. don't give blood because I am scared of needles. And what I learned, I've gotten better with it as I've gotten older, knock on wood. Um, but what I learned is that if you faint after you give blood, they can't use your blood. So you m- might as well not, <laughs> you know. Oh. Yeah. I guess I didn't, I didn't realize. Is, is there a particular reason for that? I think it might be because it's a sign of there might be something going on with your blood or something going on with you, and it, it's like a safety thing. And you know, we might get some angry texts or emails from the <laughs> Red Cross, and please let me know if that's changed. But as far as I know, I think it's like a safety thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, going back to this uh, program, I think getting a text message after you've done that is one, just like a really nice pick-me-up, but I think that also encourages you to return, you know? Yeah. The follow-up is really helpful because as we've discussed with these news stories a lot of the time, you know, you can share facts and figures with someone, but when you, you know, put a name with the face or things like that, and I don't know if they get names or anything like that, but just anything that you can do to personalize something, I think it really connects you to the action more. So I think this is really smart. And Mark, I would say in general, you're a person that's really good at that in just life. I think you're great at sending grateful texts to folks, including myself, when oh, you're thanks, thankful for something. And I, I've had that influence on me to where I, I do that now too, uh, both to you, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and then to friends. I think it's something when, when, when I have a good time with someone, it's, it's a nice reminder to say, hey, had a great time. And there's an, it's just another uh, way to kind of let people know you care, including those people that suck your blood. I mean, <laughs> take your blood. for health reasons. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of texting to help folks, uh, there is a support group that you can access through your phone and it can offer healing uh, for different types of mental issues that you may be dealing with. So it was started by someone named Johnny Crowder. And so they used post-it notes around their house to help them, you know, get through the day. But they found that you know, it can get repetitive and if it's just from yourself. So they were like, well, is there a way to innovate on this thing that I'm doing on my own and maybe connect it to other folks? So Crowder founded 
what is known as Cope Notes. So it's a text messaging service aimed at those going through a difficult time. So mm. every day, a Cope Notes user will get a random text message, usually something uplifting. Uh, but it could also be advice about an exercise to try or tips to boost positivity. And then users are encouraged to text back and to use the thread as their own like digital journal, Crowder wow. said. And so Crowder went on to say that people would rather text their friends than talk to them about something difficult. And that's very true sometimes. Depending on what it is, a text can be a little easier. Anyway, they went on to say, we wanted to create something that was optionally interactive. Some of the texts are prompts, and while it's not necessarily a two-way conversation, we want the platform to foster independence. So the goal is not to be something people rely on forever. So I thought it was just like an interesting way to use text messaging to promote, you know, positivity, a way to help people. Love it. Yeah, an example of one of the Cope Notes messages is uh, when you hold the door open for someone and they step on your foot, you should still be proud their bad decision doesn't invalidate your good one. Which one, I like that a lot. Two, maybe it wasn't on purpose, Cope Notes. <laughs> <They're fast. laughs> but, it, you know, not that they're insinuating that. But uh, yeah, I think that's great. And that's a, what a positive thing. I love anything that can help people get through the day, especially with this pandemic and all the things we have going on in our world, things that make things brighter, um, just makes the world a better place. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, now for our main course on texting, we're going to dive a little bit into the history of texting and some of the fascinating facts behind this thing that's become such an integral part of all of our lives. Texting, or SMS, which stands for Short Message Service, which I don't think I knew until this moment. <laughs> I didn't know either. I knew it was texting, but I just didn't know what it stood for. Yeah. yeah. It was actually developed in the United Kingdom, you know, the Brits, after 
you know, we got independence uh, in the <laughs> late 1980s, a little after, a little, little bit longer than after. And um, in 1998, it actually became possible to send text messages between cell phone networks. Um, the average American users used to send 35 texts per month back in 2000. Wild to think that 2000 is a long time ago. It is. That's 22 years ago. Um, the average person now sends 15 texts per day. And I would say that's even seems a little low for me. <laughs> you know, I might send more than that, Mark. Especially when you think, and, and this may not strictly be text messages necessarily, so I realize this may change things, but it's like you got text messaging on your phone, but mm-hmm. then there's also... You know, IG messaging, right. Facebook Messenger. I don't have mm-hmm. WhatsApp, but I know people use WhatsApp. You know, right. there's a bunch of different ways to message people as well. And I wonder if that also plays into it, too. For sure. And, you know, it's interesting. The first time that texting actually took over phone calls was actually in 2007. Um, which So, like, right before the iPhone came out, which is wild to think about. Um, yeah, yeah, because I would think that that would have happened like after more people had smartphones in my right. mind. You, you right. know, like, because by 2007, I just didn't have a smartphone at that point. And so I did, I guess I'm, it was surprised to realize like, man, I've been in my phone for a while, even yeah. without smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, jumping into the history of this short message service, uh, fun fact is that. They were originally limited to 160 characters. Um, I guess it was something that could fit into the signaling formats. And uh, Fred Heilm Hildebrand and Bernard Gilbert uh, were some of the inventors. And uh, Hildebrand argued that while 160 characters didn't sound like a lot, that's actually more than enough characters to convey most messages. He actually, Mark, sat at a typewriter and typed out random sentences counting every letter, number, punctuation, and space to reach that conclusion. And almost every time his random musings fell within the 160-character limit. How interesting is this one guy in 84? That's how we ended up with 160. Isn't that super interesting? I mean, I just imagine... Dropping by this person's house, like, hey man, we're we're about ready to leave for the game. You ready to go? And he's like, Oh, just one second, I'll be out. And then you go into his office and there's all these random messages. <laughs> he's writing down what you just said. Right. We're about to leave for the game. Uh, this is counting, counting. Why are you always counting? Everything. Listen, man, I'm almost cl- I'm so close. I'm so close to figuring out the magic number. There's a magic number, man. All messages, all messages are the same length. It's like, dude, are you sure? He's like, I got it. You know, like 70 empty Red Bull cans in here. What's going on? Uh, Well, Bill, we had mentioned earlier how SMS stands for short message service. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, SMS is used interchangeably with text messaging as far as like terminology goes. Yes. Uh, Now, originally, this is something I thought was interesting, is that originally SMS messages only contain text. However, uh, SMS messages can now also include uh, multimedia messages uh, known as MMS that feature images, GIFs videos, sound clips, and emojis. Yeah, and that's really fun part of texting. I've really enjoyed that as texting has evolved, that we can send, I mean, memes, gifts, gifts, so much joy in my life comes from gifts. And, you know, I will, I love 
Apple, uh, I think Apple needs to do a better job integrating with Android. Um, I know that that's a big thing. That's probably a whole nother podcast is that there's a language that's been created where uh, you should be able, for example, if you're on Android and iPhone, see when someone's typing and send better text. But Apple has been not so friendly about it. And while I'm an Apple fanboy, I also realize Apple can be a little crazy. Get with it, Apple. Um, but yeah, MMS, once they started to, you could send photos. I communicate with that a lot. Um, you know, I'll send songs to people or playlists that I like. And uh, I, I really enjoy that part of texting. You know, we were just mentioned GIFs as like a type of communication. And when we were talking earlier about punctuation with text messaging and the, and the challenge of communicating tone, I feel like GIFs in particular are mm. great for communicating tone because you're not really using a bunch of words but it's like getting an emotion across because you have like this little this little animation and i found that that's really helpful it totally is and you know going jumping back a little bit some of these amazing facts that kcr researcher found for us was what was the first texting phone Hmm. and the first texting phone was by nokia most folks might remember that as a huge brand in 93 um and I had a Nokia. It was one of the first cell phones I got, Mark. And one of the pieces of research here is a key development in the history of texting was a 95, uh, which opened the door to, to faster texting. And it was a technology called T9. And I remember that technology. So I had an Ikea, you know, unlike phones today, you didn't have the full keyboard that you could type out words. It was just, you know, the numbers and the pound sign and the dollar sign, just like on any phone. Um, and T9 was a technology where you could type those numbers in and it would automatically figure out what word you were trying to type based on, you know, the letters that you were typing in. You know, each number on your phone represents three letters. And I got so fast with that. I almost wonder if I was faster with that, Mark, than I am today with a full keyboard. Hmm. Interesting. It's. I mean, that would make that makes sense because if the predictive text was, was really good, you can see how you would absolutely go much faster. I never. I feel like I would have remembered that if I used that because I, I don't remember being a fast texter at all. Yeah, I feel like you're a fast texter. <laughs> oh, oh. I mean, like back before it was easier to text is what I'm saying. So like, got it. So like my earlier phones. Like when you didn't have a keypad, I was like, oh, this was a slow process. That's, that's yes. what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was so slow. It was painfully slow. And right. it was like frustrating. And maybe it was better that it was slow because you were paying 50 cents right. or 25 cents per text. <laughs> and even when I was able to do it fast, I think that was still back in a time when you were limited in the amount of text mm-hmm. you could send. And, you know, I probably got some angry conversations with my parents sometimes, you know, we're going to spend an extra $17 on those text messages. Um, but it was just a fun way to communicate. So Bill, speaking of text messages and the, and the different types of technology that are out there, New York Times had an article about a crisis line that calms with texting and data. There's a nonprofit organization that provides crisis intervention 24 hours a day via text messaging to the number 741741. And this is something that's been out there and their goal is to improve their own crisis counseling, uh, shed light on the pain and suffering that Americans are experiencing every day and show how we can all find ways to respond better. These are tough times. And so people are dealing with anxiety, loneliness, suicide ideation, depression, and substance abuse all over the country. And so 
this is work that is trying to address some of that or trying to find ways to help people, you know, navigate their way through that. I love it because sometimes texting is easier than talking on the phone for people. So 741741 as a resource for folks that are, you know, experiencing extreme anxiety, loneliness, thoughts of suicide, definitely utilize it. Um, it's It turns out to be an effective surprisingly effective way to do crisis counseling. Um, and to begin with, it's a default mode of communication for young people. Uh, three quarters of the crisis text lines users, it says, are under 25 years old, and 12% are actually under 13. Hmm. Um, and it also offers anonymity. Uh, as Becca Ross, a licensed clinical social worker who spent 12 years as a therapist, s- speaks about, you know, about Two-thirds of the people who text that crisis line, this is a quote from her, tell us something they've never told another human being. Mm. And they can text us from anywhere and nobody knows. And if they were talking to a friend or calling a hotline, they'd have to go somewhere private. But a student can text us from the lunchroom when they're being bullied or from the school bathroom. And that's a, you know, what a great resource. It really is. There's that phrase, meeting someone where they're at. And Mm -hmm. that seems to be this in a very literal sense, you know, like someone in the moment being able to communicate something seems like that's really helpful, especially for younger folks. I mean, we all, we all need it, but the idea of being able to text someone from the lunchroom as you're being bullied, I mean, that seems like unfathomable. (laughs) So, so that's, that sounds like a really cool resource. Yeah, that's wonderful. It it reminds me, Mark, of when I'm texting people, like, because sometimes you're just in a situation and you can't really talk to somebody and you'll, Mm -hmm. you'll text them and maybe the, maybe the speaker at the conference is going on a little bit too long, uh, or they've made some interesting fashion choices. Um, but I think (laughs) the healthiest way to do it is, you know, what they're saying right there. And I think that's just another testament to communication in general. How interesting is it that a lot of these people text something that, they've never told anybody else. I think that's just a a reminder for all of us to be open to each other and to check on each other and to ask each other how we're doing, even if it seems like it's great. Because to your point earlier, Mark, there's a lot going on in the world and we got to take care of each other and be friends to each other. Um, And speaking of that, we have a new segment that we've been doing called the Mental Health Minute um, that we really enjoy a lot. So, We wanted to give you, our wonderful listeners who we love, a couple quick tips for mental health. So here's one of mine. Um, Take a deep breath. Hold it for five seconds. Now breathe out. And hold for five seconds. And later, you can try doing that five times in a row. And that's a really good way. It's a meditation exercise to get your inner body uh, aligned with the outer world and to get things in sync, that paced breathing. Deep breath in, five seconds hold. Deep breath out, five seconds hold. That's great. Thank you, Bill. Um, Another thing you can do is you can give yourself a positive affirmation. Uh, If you can't think of one, uh, you could use something like, I like myself. I'm great. Uh, or, you know, you can maybe visualize something that's calming. Uh, or if you want to visualize something maybe that's calming and silly. So, for example, right now in this moment, you could think about a waterfall of tacos cascading down a beautiful mountain. This is one of my favorite visuals of all time. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am going to use that affirmation visualization exercise moving forward. Thank you so much for that, Mark. Yeah. We'll be right back with more ridiculous news after this short break. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. So we came across an article from Wired that I thought was pretty interesting, saying four tips to send and receive uh, better text messages. So a study by doctors at UC Berkeley asserted that receiving and sending text messages can boost your overall happiness and feelings of well-being, probably because you're staying connected with someone you want to talk to. So texts can make us feel, and we all know how badly an errant period, <laughs> as we've discussed, or an exclamation mark can change the meaning of a text message, uh, even if you send like hundreds a day and you do it all the time, maybe some of these tips might end up helping. So we'll just kind of go one by one and see what we think of them. Yeah, we're helping you out with your texting, yo. Yeah. <laughs> so this first one is, there are no rules, be yourself, which I love. So Leora Trubb, uh, great name, a psychologist at Pace University says that if her clients have issues with texting, she asks them to be mindful of their needs and the needs of the person with whom they're texting. She doesn't prescribe texting rules, so spend less time worrying if what you're doing is right or wrong and more time having fun communicating. That's a first step. I think that's really great. That makes a lot of sense because, I mean, if you send an errant text or whatever, if you're able to communicate with the person, you can figure things out eventually. I think yeah. for me, the time when I get nervous about, oh man, did I send the right text? <laughs> is if you text something and then maybe you don't hear back when you sure. were expecting a re response right away. That That's for me personally. Yeah. Uh, but I found that I might communicate with someone that I didn't mean to. And usually like, maybe they'll let me know. And it'll be like, oh, I meant X, Y, Z. You know, I didn't mean sure. that. You know? Yeah. So, so that's all that to say. I think that's solid advice. Yeah, and I'm I'm bad. So sometimes I, I won't pay attention to my phone, or, or I'll try and be doing something else, and I might miss a text, and I leave people hanging a little bit. Um, but it is interesting to your point, Mark. Because sometimes you send something, and you're like, oh, did that 
go over weird. And then, you know, two hours later, you get a reply. No, it's fine. It's like, you got a bunch of lulls. <laughs> well, the other thing I've learned too is like, I think before, like when I first started texting, like around high school, college, you know, I yeah. expect responses right away. And now I, I've, as I've gotten or older, I've learned that like, if they never respond, it means nothing, you know, right. like, some, yeah. sometimes it might, but I've like learned to really let that go and not associate meaning to it. Cause otherwise you can, you can stress yourself out about that. Agreed. So maybe that's a little bonus tip from Mark and I, oh, yeah. if you send a text and it doesn't respond, don't worry. Things happen. People yeah. get busy. Life happens. Probably has nothing to do with you and it'll be fine. Uh, well, here's another tip from the article, Bill. It says, stick to lighter topics. So in an article for Psych- Psychology Today, psychologist Jennifer Gilbert writes that you should stick to light topics. It's hard to type out long, detailed conversations on text, and a lot of subtlety gets lost. Texting doesn't have the social cues of in-person communication, so it's easy for messages to be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. And this is why it's best to share simple and straightforward information such as logistical details and or fun emojis and lighthearted messages by text. Yeah, especially I think in the beginning of a relationship, right? I think, you know, if it's someone you're in a real relationship, like a marriage or whatever, you might be able to do something a little bit deeper. But I would keep it pretty light, (laughs) you know, (laughs) especially with your friends. And if uh, uh, you need to make a you know, if you do need to make a deeper call, 741741, that's a crisis hotline we talked to, at, we just mentioned. And also, hey, if you need help, don't hesitate about that. You know, I I'm, was in a car wreck on the side of the road, but I didn't want to bother my friends because it was too heavy. Yeah, you can make that text. Yeah, yeah. And Bill, I've noticed with uh, when we're communicating with folks for work or something like that, sometimes we might start messaging or even emailing even. And if it starts to get a little bit more detailed, Something that I learned from you is you'll be like, can we just do a call instead? Just because like sometimes the more into the weeds you get, you're just like, this is going to be much faster if we just talk over the phone or over Zoom. Agreed. Yeah, I think it's like they say one to two sentences for a lot of emails, depending on folks. And the longer the email, the more it can get misinterpreted. It's really hard to read tone in email. So yeah, sometimes it's better to hop on a call, especially with a client. There's some more, there's an extra bonus tip that we're throwing in there. Um, but there's yeah. a great, this is another great tip that I think you and I use a lot, Mark, which is if you're not sure, mirror your recipient. So mirroring is the texting style of the person with whom you're texting. So if those whom you text with always respond with simple one-liners or maybe just the letter K, you know, okay, uh, then you should mirror their concise, succinct communication styles. I think that's just a good life lesson for communication in general. Um, this research found that mirroring a similar texting style is important in that, quote, people who describe their partners having a similar texting style to themselves reported greater relationship satisfaction. So couples who text and have similar texting styles actually wind up feeling more content in their relationship, whether they're texting love notes or complaining about work, or complaining about each other. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, I think that also works just just in general sometimes. It's, it, at least when I'm talking to someone new in person or text or whatever, trying to mirror energy can be a useful tool when used in the right times, whether it's over text or in person. Agreed. And I think one of the things about mirroring in person is it is a great way to build rapport. I did some classes with some FBI uh, body language experts learned a lot from them and we'll 
talk about this as the episodes as our episodes go on, Mark. But one of the things about mirroring to build rapport with someone is you know matching their tone, matching their body language, but don't do it right away. They say kind of give it 20 seconds because if someone moves their hand and you move their hand and someone sits back and you sit back right away, that might get a little bit odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed, Bill. And so the the last suggestion we've actually already covered, which cites Professor Klin, who we, you know, talked about earlier from Binghamton University during the news nibbles and just reminding folks that be careful about your use of punctuation. So periods, for example. and they kind of also just reiterated that language and punctuation is something that's always evolving. So I think it just means to be flexible in terms of what it all means. And I found that personally in terms of like emoticons, for example, right. you know, and, and Bill, you mentioned that earlier as well at the very top. It's just like emoticons have different meanings over time. So I think it's mostly just being flexible in realizing that the language, especially texting, I'd say that language probably changes faster than our spoken language. I, I have no research to back it up, but that's just kind of what it feels like. You know? I buy it. If you yeah, hadn't yeah. said that, no research thing, I 100% agree. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, it is different and it is constantly evolving. And it's the only guarantee we have in life is change, impermanence. So either you become the grumpy old person who wants to send a fax or you do, Bill needs to suck it up and learn about how to use emojis a little bit. <laughs> Well, Bill, I think we can move on to another article that we found. This is also from Wired, and it seems to be a little exchange from a columnist, a spiritual advice columnist at Wired, and they got a question about text messaging that I thought was really interesting. So um, they got a message from someone credited as nervous energy, and their note to the columnist said, I'm kind of an anxious, obsessive texter. I never quite know what to say. But the worst is when I see someone typing in iMessage, in Slack, whatever, and then they stop typing and ultimately send nothing. What were they going to say? Am I allowed to ask? Surely I'm allowed to ask. So, <laughs> I thought that was an interesting question. It is. I've had that feeling before, too, you know, of, of like, oh, what was someone going to say? Yeah. And one thing I will say about this, I've been on the other end of that sometimes, and what I... Mm -hmm have recently realized is I'll be texting with someone and I send them a text message, but my cursor remains in the like text bar and yes. it will look to them like I'm still typing, but right. I've like gone to make a sandwich or something like that. And I've moved right. all of my life. And so those dots, you know, it's not what it appears to be. I know that that's not what this person is asking about, but I just wanted to share that. Yeah, I've I've learned to let it just roll off my back as well because I mm -hmm. do that same thing. I might have a, a couple of spaces or something, and I feel bad for the person on the other end who just sees the three dots. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, it's just kind of interesting in general, those three dots, that we have to know that someone's typing. Do we really need to know? It does keep you glued to your phone. Maybe it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, it's another shot of morphine from your phone to keep you glued to the screen. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. This is a great question from Mr. Nervous Energy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what was the answer? I mean, what was the advice given? Well, they had quite a bit of advice. Um, well, they start out by saying, you know, I'm not going to tell you that you should never ask what someone was about to say. You know, the contexts are too multiple uh, for like uniform advice. So that's how they start off. Um, 
And something that they go on to say that part of the work of social life involves identifying the communication styles of others, considering their motives, and you know, diligently reading between the lines, you know, skills that were, you know, once simply known as listening, they say. But they go on to say, I will, however, ask you to consider that the unsent text might be a blessing. No relationship, no matter how robust, can survive the glare of unmitigated frankness, and we should all be grateful for the friend who is willing to pause and reconsider the prudence of their words. In other cases, the dissolving ellipsis may signal a more subtle act of kindness, sparing you the exertion of having to read and respond to yet another half-baked take. Wow. That is some, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the term dissolving ellipsis. That was great. It's, yeah, it seems like like the snap from the Avengers. Mm-hmm. The person just dissolved on the other end. Maybe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, unmitigated frankness, sometimes I guess we don't need it. I thought that was a really interesting way to, to phrase it. It's just like, and I've actually never really thought of texts and messages like that where it's just like, hey, maybe this person is like, in this moment, you don't need more words. You don't need more messages. In fact, what you need is less. And so mm-hmm. that's why I didn't respond. I've never really thought about it like that, but that does make a lot of sense. I'm a pretty verbose person. So yeah, I don't really, uh, I'll just give everybody the information unless, as the people said, it's a person who sends one or two lines of text that I might slow it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an end quote here from this article, Mark, that the last half I found very fascinating that Casey found was that, you know, Shannon described information as the act of selecting one message from a set of possible messages. This is how we create meaning, through acts of omission. We live in a universe of chaos and disorder, a world in which entropy is forever threatening to drown the signal and noise. The paradox of modern communication is that intelligible discourse relies on deliberately choosing our words. The willingness to admit what is unnecessary is crucial to making our voices heard. And I feel like someone just told me to stop talking so much. I just got to say, just in general, this advice columnist really like taking text messaging to another level. Like, I'm like, wow, I did not realize there was a lot of philosophical meat in text messaging, (laughs) but they are absolutely right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like anytime, you know, Mark and when we were working on scripts and things, we're always like trying to cut it back and figure out, okay, what's what's the way we can communicate this in the least amount of words proper? possible. And I think that's a lot of writing in general. Absolutely. Well, Bill, as we uh, wrap up this episode, I think it's time that we do one of our favorite segments called uh, Spring of Inspiring Inspirations. So this is where we pull a quote meant to inspire you that you can take uh, with you after you leave this episode. So uh, Bill, do you want to read this one? Yeah, this one today is from Catherine Pulsifier. And she said, If we have the attitude that it's going to be a great day, it usually is. That's good advice. Which I greatly appreciate. Yeah, I try Mm -hmm. to think about that one when I get up in the morning. Yeah. And as always, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to Ridiculous News. You got a lot of options. There's a lot of noise in that signal-to-noise ratio we just mentioned, and it means the world to us. We are so grateful to spend our time with you, and we hope to see you again very soon.
And, you know, you can stay in touch with us in the meantime if you'd like. So you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and IG by looking for at Ridiculous News. Uh, also, be sure to check out our comedy videos at Mark Kendall Comedy on IG, TikTok, and Facebook, as well as at Kendall Comedy on Twitter. Thanks so much, y'all. We'll see you soon. Bye, y'all. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.